I was telling our, our evangelist, I said, I'm glad you pushed this last night. I don't know if you felt the breakthrough. As we begin to praise God again and again, I'm telling you, it was Holy Ghost. Uh, I mean, I was thinking about it all day today. I've had other people tell me, even today, uh, thank God he pushed us through as well. So I'm excited about what God's going to do tonight. Uh, revival's built. How I many know what God did last night? Going to get another dose tonight. Tomorrow, same thing. So uh, let's give him a hand as he comes and ministers tonight. God, amen. Thank you so much. I hope last night was a blessing for you and that it did encourage you. Amen. And we're going to push you again tonight. Hallelujah. So that's what we're all about. Amen. We're pushy people around here. <laughs> amen. So Acts chapter 2, you can turn in the Word of God tonight. Acts chapter 2. If you know what Acts chapter 2 is about, all about, then you know what I'm preaching this evening. Amen. We need to preach and have a Holy Ghost visitation. Amen. We started the ball rolling last night. And we need to take it up another level and just let God get loose in this place. You know, there are needs that you have that I cannot meet. Amen. My empty hand on your empty head. Amen. Is this going to push wind? Amen. You want an oxygen facial? Come on up and I'll sneeze on you. There you go. Amen. But you need something more substantial to be put into your life. Amen. Than anything I have to offer. Amen. We need God to get loose and touch us in places that no man even knows about, uh, that only God knows about. We were talking last night about having an atmosphere in the church. Amen. And we're talking about what we bring, uh, amen, into Solomon, built into the temple things that people brought. But you know, there's something that God brings, amen, into a service that creates an atmosphere. And that is a release of the power of the Holy Spirit tonight. So we're going to take a look at this this evening and preach, amen, about being filled with the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. The power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to look at three things tonight. First is the promise of the Holy Ghost for your life. Second, I want to talk about a number of reasons why we need to be filled and the benefits of being filled. And then talk thirdly, obviously, about getting filled. Amen. And so what I want you to take from this service tonight, amen, is the change of atmosphere in your own personal life when the Holy Ghost gets loose into your soul. When you release it and let God move, amen. So let's talk first about the promise, uh, amen. It's obvious in Acts chapter 1, uh, amen, when it begins to break down uh, the things about the Holy Spirit. In verse 4, it says, And Jesus, being assembled with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, and you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. There are people who think the power of the Holy Spirit has passed away, that it was only for the apostles. It's only for a select few. But here the Bible tells us he commanded them, amen, to go and to be filled with this and to wait for a promise, amen, that would come to them. This is a promise that is a gift and it is generational in Acts 2.38. 
And Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is to you and to your children and all those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. So here, it's a promise, it's a command, now it's a gift, and it says it is to you and to your children and all that are afar off. Now, this is not just Judea and Sumeria and the other most parts of the earth, but it says to you and to your children, it's not talking locational, it's talking generational, that it goes to you, to your children, to their children, to their children, all the way down the bloodlines, all the way down through history for as many as the Lord God shall call. Amen. And that that uh, uh, Holy Spirit, that's a gift, that's a promise. Amen. That is a command that is generational. Amen. And to qualify Amen. It's for all flesh. In Joel 2.28, And it shall come to pass afterwards uh, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, uh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, uh, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also upon my servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Amen. It talks about old men, young men, talks about handmaids. Amen. Talks about servants, talks about sons, talks about daughters. And it shall come to pass, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. That means the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's a gift. It's a promise. It's a, it's a command. It's generational. And if you our flesh, you qualify. Amen. Pinch the person next to you and say, your flesh, your flesh, your flesh. Man, you a lot of flesh. You a COVID flesh, man. You got a lot more flesh now. Amen. You're qualified. You are flesh. Hallelujah. And so that gives us an overview, amen, about what the Holy Ghost is all about. This is how important God thinks this is, that you be filled and speaking in tongues. Now, why? Well, there's lots of reasons. Just want to highlight a few tonight. Why do we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? The first real reason, amen, is for boldness. We all need that. Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power. And after that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and you will be witnesses of me in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. The Holy Ghost infilling, amen, produces a spreading of the word in our text. Amen. They are hiding, amen, in an upper room. <clears throat> they are afraid of the Jews. Amen. They're under persecution. They just killed, murdered Jesus, the leader of their movement. Now is not a good time, amen, to be naming the name of Jesus. Jesus, I'd be a little nervous, amen, on going on an outreach now after this as well. And so you can imagine what they're feeling. They're hiding in the upper room, amen, and God touches them with the power of the Holy Ghost, and whatever fear they had is now cast out. Man, they'll go, they come running out of that place, amen. They were afraid, amen. They wanted to stay locked up, but there's something compelled them with a boldness even in the risk, amen, of persecution, in the risk, amen, of whatever kind of consequences would come against them. And they began to preach as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 4, we find the same thing, amen, where they are being threatened, amen, not to preach 
preach city ordinances are being passed against them and behold now Lord their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word stretching forth hands to heal signs and wonders may be done in the name of the holy child Jesus and when they had prayed the Bible says the place where they were was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled with the way of the master tracks oh no they were all filled with apologetic arguments no no it doesn't say they were filled with a great Sunday school program no it says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and then the re outflow the result of that is they spoke the word of God with boldness can I tell you isn't that what we all need you feel it man the very beginning the first door you go to knock on amen on any Saturday outreach you feel the need to have some boldness don't you just feel like you're intruding on somebody's day like you know man they're watching Saturday morning cartoons amen they're planning a trip to Walmart they're out washing their car amazing there'd be 15 cars in the driveway nobody home <laughs> how's that happen man is like, what is up with that you know and your first time you knock on the door and something inside you feels like I'm intruding uh, it's a, it's a rejection thing it's a you have to break through that first door after that the other doors come so much easier what we're afraid of is we don't always know what to say yeah, the one time in your life you don't have words <laughs> and it's on the doorstep trying to witness to somebody we're afraid well, listen, another reason you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost is for effective witnessing. In Luke 12, verse 11, it says, And when they bring you unto the synagogues and to the magistrates and all the town's founding mothers, what powers do not think about what things you shall answer, but instead don't worry about what you shall say, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you, literally empower you in that same hour with what you ought to say. The very first time I ever went on an outreach, I got saved in 19 years when I was 16 years old. Amen. Pastor Paul Stevens amen and so he took all of us out for ice cream he took all of us out miniature golfing amen and we're all the men in the church there's like four or five of us and we're feeling so indebted oh pastor you paid for everything what can we do to make this so what can we do to be a blessing to you and he goes well it's funny you should ask man he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a whole bunch of chick tracks this is my very first outreach man he said, well, there is a little something you could do. Here, why don't you take these little chick tracks that you guys have all been reading while I'm trying to preach and not listening to. Read, look through these, man, and hand it. Here, I want you to go invite that guy to church. Here, go see that guy, invite that guy. Go here, and he points to me, man. I'm 16 years old. I'm holding this track, and it's Bad Bob. And he finds a guy sitting on a park bench who looks like Bad Bob, man. He's right there next to his Harley, man. He says, hey, why don't you go over and invite him to church, man. I'm like, oh, I don't know. He put his hand on my back, and before I knew, he pushed me. And I fell into Bad Bob. I was like, oh, oh sorry. Here, can I invite you out to church? I just... You know. Listen, so many times, uh, hey, man, we don't know what, what to say here's a track and that's all we can do is run away but listen as you get proficient how many have ever had the experience of standing on a street corner witnessing to somebody and next thing out of your mouth you start to say things you didn't even know that you knew man people look at you wow I didn't know wow you I didn't know that I'm like 
Yeah, I didn't know that either, man. I got to go write that down, man. It's like, phew, I'm just, phew, I'm strong in the force, man. It's just flowing through me right now. It's like, wow. Because God has the power to do that. Effective witnessing. Can I tell you, that's even word of knowledge. When I first began to move in the gifts, man, I had no idea what it was. Uh, there was a, a person in our Bible study. I was running the Bible study, and I was driving home from Boston. I was doing some work up there, and I'm headed back about an hour driving. I'm just thinking through my points, and suddenly into my mind pops this thought. Oh, I need to add that to my subpoint of a subpoint. And then as I'm thinking it through, I thought of a person who comes to that Bible study. You know what I began to feel? Physically, it was like butterflies in my stomach. You ever feel that? Butterflies, man? It's like, man, I would think of that thought and I wouldn't feel anything. I'd think of that person and I wouldn't feel anything. I'd think of the thought and the person together, man, and my stomach's filled with butterflies. I'm like, man, what is this? And when we came to that part of the study, I began, I knew what was coming and I began to speak that. And I said, you know, and here's our next sub point, sub point. And I began to speak and out of the corner of my eye, I saw that lady, she, she like woke up. <laughs> what? All of a sudden she's paying attention. You know, because I'm pretty boring mostly. And she woke up, man. And, and all of a sudden she's locked into what I'm saying. And as I'm saying, this is a point of a sub point. Hey, man, it's, it's touching her heart. And she begins to weep. And I tell you, the best word of God, the best word of knowledge you will ever get is a solid sermon from your pastor. You don't need to get called out. You just need to listen to the preaching. God will speak right to you, man. And I began to develop that. You know where I began to develop it? Door-to-door outreach. I knock on the door. I see somebody come down. I feel some butterflies. I'm like, I may never see them again. I'm just going to let it fly, man. Is this what's happening? Is this what's going on here? Is this what's going on here? I feel by the Spirit. This is working in your life. And sometimes they'll go, shut up, you freak. <laughs> and I go, well, I guess that was, you know, indigestion. But other times, man, it's like, how did you know that? Listen, you can develop that. Simply take a chance, man. You start feeling some things, let it fly. That's to help people. Paul the Apostle, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul did not speak any words. He spoke the words, not with a $100 vocabulary, but with words that cut to the issue, words that were in season. Amen. We've all had that freaky experience of coming to church and the pastor ends up preaching a sermon about something you were just thinking about in the shower. How did he know that? Man, was he peeping in my windows? Like, what was up there? Was he riding in my car? How is it possible that he knows those things? Listen, that's God's mind being poured into his head to speak to your need. Every time you come to church, that sermon can be word of knowledge direct from God to you. So turn the game off, man, and pay attention. Let God speak to you. See, that's what tongues and interpretation is all about. It's God speaking to you. Oh, do you have to be a prophet to be? No, you know who the people who flow best in tongues and interpretation are people who pray. 
Because when you get in a rhythm, man, you ever get street preaching and all of a sudden, man, things are just, and you're just cutting loose and thoughts are popping into your head and it's flowing and you're feeling the anointing. It's the same thing in the prayer room, man. When, you know, you start focusing and then you let God loose and you start, and the words just start flowing. Listen, that's the exact same thing as giving a, a tongue or an prophecy. It's that same spirit that flows right through you. And if you can pray like that, if you can street preach, man, you can speak out in tongues. Give an interpretation. That's all it is. Now, there's a third reason why we need to be filled, and that's for empowered ministry. Jesus has the power, right? In Acts chapter 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God anointed him with power. And he gave that power to his disciples. In Matthew 10, verse 1, And when he called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, heal all manner of sickness and disease. Jesus had the power. He gave it to his disciples. But it did not end with his disciples. He also gave it to the rest of us. In Mark 16, 17, These signs shall follow them, any of them, that believe that in my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We read in Acts chapter 5, Peter's walking down the street and the power of God moves through him so much that they lay out the sick upon their beds and their couches that at the least, the Bible says, the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow them and they're healed by the power amen, of the, of the shadow of the man of God. Can you imagine that? Imagine walking down the street and people falling out underneath your shadow. It's like, man, dude, bro, put on some deodorant, man. They're falling out around you. No, no, it's the spirit of the anointing that's flowing through my... Paul, they were brought unto him in Acts 19. Amen. Special miracles by the hands of Paul. So from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs and aprons and diseases departed from them. Evil spirits went out of them. I mean, this is a, a handkerchief. Amen. This is not, you know, some kind of special anointing thing. This is, a, man, it's a booger-filled handkerchief that they wipe the sweat off of the man of God. <laughs> You're going to put that on me? Amen. They laid upon the sick and there's so much anointing flowing through that man that the sweat from his brow is able to heal. That's insane. You know, the problem with the church today is folks don't have any power. They haven't got enough power to heal a frog with a hemorrhoid. There's no power. You didn't know frogs have hemorrhoids? That's why their eyes bulge. Amen. It's, we need people that have power. You know, years ago, I was working, I was working the 11 shift until uh, 7 in the morning. So I'm up in the middle of the night. And this was 1,000 years ago. I don't know if you ever heard, but, you know, all of you young people have no knowledge. But in the middle of the night, you can play a thing. It's, it's called a radio. And on the AM channel, they have all these funny AM shows. And one show was this guy, his name was Art Bell. Anybody remember Art Bell? Uh, Nickerson? <laughs> Amen. Art Bell, man, this guy from the kingdom of Nye. He was all about conspiracies. He was all about the mothership, UFOs, time travel. I think the mothership came and took him away. I don't, I don't know what happened to him. But one night, I'm listening in the middle of the night on my break, and he has, he's interviewing Hal Lindsey. 
You ever hear of Hal Lindsey? He's a great, great Bible prophecy guy, wrote a lot of books on Bible prophecy, and they're talking about cloning. And Hal Lindsey says, cloning is like the next thing that everybody's moving into. And Art Bell says, I want to ask you this question since we're on this subject. What do you think, man, about cloning? If you could get a hold of the blood of Jesus, if you could get the blood of Jesus from a sliver of the cross that the Nazis gave to the Republicans to store in the Vatican, you know, if you could have that blood, man, and if you could clone it, then you'd have the power to end world hunger. You could have the power to control climate and climate change. You'd have the power to heal the sick. And Hal Lindsay, you know what his answer was? No art. Listen, those miracles that Jesus did, they were miracles of faith, not of genetics. And the Bible says that greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to my Father and I leave you the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can lay hands on the sick. You can, amen, take up serpents. You can cast out devils. You can be a testimony at your school. You can be a testimony on your job. You can let the Holy Spirit come down upon you that you have boldness, that you have effective witnessing, amen, and you also have this empowered ministry. These are the benefits that come to those filled with the Holy Ghost. And one great power is the power to conquer sin. In Galatians 5.16, it says, This I say, then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. You know why that is? If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You know why? Because <laughs> if you're walking in the Spirit, you literally will not have time. If you do all the do's of the Bible, you'll never have time to worry about the don'ts. In Ezekiel 36, God says, you know what? I'm having a real problem with you guys, Israel. Israel's up and down and up and down. They're worshiping him. They're not worshiping him. They're, they're falling into slavery. They're falling into bondage and idolatry. They end up uh, being captured by another country. God has to come and rescue them. They give them praise, and then they forget, and the whole cycle goes around again and again. One day, God says, you know what? I, I know how to solve this problem, and what I need to do is just kill all of you. Problem solved. <laughs> Thankfully, he says, I, I can't do that. Because I love you too much. So instead, I'm going to change you from the inside. Chapter 36, verse 26. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away that stony heart out of your flesh. I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgments and do them. There is a power of the Holy Ghost that once it falls on you, it literally has the ability to take out of your heart the desire to sin. Because the rush of the Holy Ghost is so much greater than any of the unfruitful rewards of sin. Remember the first time you got filled with the Holy Ghost? Was that not an insane experience? Was that not the craziest thing? When I got, you know, the problem is when you're a preacher, nothing normal ever happens to you, man. And when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I'd just been saved about two months. It was February. 
1983. My mother invited me to church. She's the one who got me saved. She said, if you come to this one church service, I'll never invite you to come to another. And I said, okay, I'll go. When I got there, man, Paul Stevens began to boom, just hit me with truth, man. And it pierced my heart, and I got saved. I got saved. Like, I mean, nobody had to follow up on me. Remember those days? And people, I couldn't wait. To, what do you mean I got to wait till Wednesday till the next service, man? I, get me a Bible. I want to know more. What is this life like, man? I, boom, instantly locked in. Then my mom, one day, is following up on me. I'm sitting in my chair. I'm watching the Boston Bruins destroy the Montreal Canadiens. It was a great night. I'm eating red pistachios. My fingers are red. My lips are red. My tongue is red. I'm in my ripped up t-shirt. In my socks, I got a toe sticking out, you know, kind of my, my tore up, uh, uh, you know, my PJ bottoms. <laughs> my mom comes down from the bedroom. She's got her hair up in curlers, you know. She's wearing her nightgown with her fuzzy slippers and her chicken white legs sticking out. We are two of the ugliest people you ever saw. And she starts following up on me. She goes, hey, uh, so what do you think about church now? You've been in church in a couple of weeks, two months or so. What do you think about it? What, have any questions? I'm like, well, you know, I did have one question. That preacher, Paul Stevens, he said he never graduated high school and he never went to college. So how come when he prays, he prays in Hebrew? My mom said, that's not Hebrew. He's speaking in tongues. Like, huh? Speaking in tongues was a really bad rock and roll album I used to listen to. I'm like, what? Speaking in tongues? What is that? And she got all excited. My mom was a little bit of a charismatic. She was a charismaniac. And so she was kind of really getting into this. Her whole face lights up, man, through the mud pack. She says, man, oh, oh, the Holy Ghost. That's where the Spirit of God comes down upon you. And you begin to speak in a language that isn't your language. It's a, it's a though I speak with the tongues of angels and a, and a tinkling. <laughs> tinkling? Did my mom just say tinkling? It's like, man. And, and you get filled with the Spirit and you begin to speak out in a language you don't understand in something you don't know. Do you want that? Uh, no. <laughs> no, not at all, man. God wants to give me another language. I'm failing Spanish this semester. You give me that, man. Can you say AA from FA? Amen. That's what I'd like, man. God, give me that language. My mom said, you know what? Let me think of how I can... Let me rephrase that. God wants to fill you with his spirit, lift you up. God wants to get you high. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> high? <laughs> high? Can God do that? <laughs> I've had a Budweiser high. I've had a marijuana high. One time I even had a Rocky Mountain high, but I've never been high on God. What is that all about? She goes, that's when the Spirit of God comes down and lifts you up and you feel God in such power. You know, I'm thinking there can be only one. You know, I'm having all these uh, flashbacks, you know, movie flashbacks. I'm floating in the air and lightning's coming into my body and there can be only one. <laughs> you, know, you know, and I'm like, whoa. What is, and and you're, God wants to get you high. Well, man, I'll try any of them once, I guess. Okay, what do we got to do about this? She said, she said I'm going to lay my hands on you. And I want you to just to speak out in tongues. <laughs> she put her hand, she buried it way down deep into my, I had an afro at one time. 
I, not quite. It was more like that one back then. <laughs> you know, I had to work my head back then. She had to work her fingers in to get to my, it wouldn't, it was so big, it wouldn't fit in the yearbook photo. <laughs> you know, it's like back in the day, man, see what marriage does to you? Oh, God, that woman, man, that, that woman, you know, <laughs> those children. Amen. And so, I, I, well, what do I do? She, and she lays her hands on me and she starts, be filled, be filled. Ah, be filled. <laughs> and, and I did what most people do. <laughs> I'm waiting for something, a little bit of dribbles coming down the side of my chair. I'm like, no, that's not it, I don't think. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I speak in tongues? I don't know how to speak in tongues. She said, just whatever comes to your mind. I get lots of things come to my mind, you know. <laughs> she goes, listen, just repeat after me. It was, <laughs> it's February. She goes, say, just say this, get your tongue moving, say this. Fa la 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 la. I'll, I'll give you her phone number if you want to ask her. Fa la 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 la. We're just coming out of Christmas. Say the fa la 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 la. And she's say it, say it. Fa la la. And I'm like fa la la la. Five golden rings. Fa la 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 la. Fa la 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 la. Fa la 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 la. You're trying to get my tongue moving. I'll tell you, in, in an instant, something happened. You remember the feeling? It's like something from heaven opened, like I, I, I plugged myself into a light socket. This bolt of something went boom, down inside of me and flew down. My, I could feel it into my toes, and it came back up. And next thing you know, I'm going, and I'm speaking in tongues, man. And my whole body is shaking. I try to stand. I can't stand up. My knees are, and I'm going on super drive, man. I feel like a kid's got a bicycle, got a, a, a playing card, a, a baseball card stuck in the spokes, and my tongue is going just around, and I cannot stop. I go in the bathroom, man, and I'm laughing, and I'm crying, and I'm looking at my tongue in the mirror, and I'm, I'm going to bite it off if I'm not careful. And I'm praying in tongues, and I can't stop laughing, and I'm feeling, amen, this electricity. I'm feeling all the demons coming out of me, the anger I had against my parents who got divorce my dad who left us is flying out of me the addictions are coming out of me uh, rebellion is coming out of me all these things are coming I can feel them coming off and I'm feeling light uh, amen and I'm feeling lifted uh, like faster than a speeding locomotive able to jump tall buildings I could run a marathon I don't run I run if somebody's chasing me with a knife uh, amen but I felt like I could run uh, amen the Boston Marathon 100 miles and, and I'm praying and and I cannot stop. My body is shaking. My mom knocks on the door, hands me the phone, says it's Pastor Stevens. Tell him what happened. And Pastor, I, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, do you remember that feeling? Do you remember that rush? How do you feel that? And need a cigarette. How do you feel that? You want to go get high. How do you feel that? I want to surf for porn. How do you feel that? And hate your brother. Listen, when you are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, none of those other things will even compare to the high of being filled with Jesus. That's why you can be free from your sin.
When was the last time you had a Holy Ghost visitation? Where you couldn't stop your mouth from moving. Where you let everything go, man. Where you were unashamed to be Pentecostal. Where you weren't afraid to be undignified. Where God touched you the first time in such a way you didn't care what anybody thought. And you wanted to stay in that presence on and on. Listen, that will change the atmosphere. That'll change everything. That'll even change inside your body. You know, one of my favorite evangelists of all time is John G. Lake. That guy's ministry was so powerful, they named the American Medical Association, named Spokane, Washington, the healthiest city in the nation because of this man's ministry. Praying for the sick all the time. God doing miracles. His secretary had a heart attack and died on the, at her desk. He said, no, we got too much work. He went and prayed for her and she rose again. He, I mean, he had experiences. He had a great ministry in South Africa where he was actually uh, uh, on a platform. Somebody came up and said, pray for a relative who has tuberculosis. He's on the platform. He's praying when suddenly he feels something. He opens up his eyes. He's now no longer in South Africa. He's now in Washington standing in a hospital room with a person laid out on a bed. And he's, whoa. That's like freaky ministry. So he lays hands on him, don't know what to do, prays for the guy to get saved, get healed, get filled, lifts his hand to worship God, closes his eyes, and he's back in South Africa. He gets a letter in the mail like two months later saying, thank you for stopping in and visiting me when I was sick in the hospital. I'm completely healed thanks to your prayers. Woo! Stuff like that happened to him all the time. He said, it's not enough for me to know that God heals. He said, I need to know how God heals. Having a formal acknowledgement, he writes this in a book. Uh, as a student of science, it was my privilege to attend clinics, which I frequently did. At one time, I submitted myself to a series of experiments. I had to know how God healed. I visited one great medical institution and submitted myself to a series of experiments. First, an instrument was attached to my head. The instrument had indicators that would register the vibration of my brain. I began to repeat things like the 23rd Psalm to soothe the mind, reduced its vibrations to the lowest point. Then I repeated the 31st Psalm and the 35th chapter of Isaiah and the 91st Psalm and Paul, uh, Paul's address before Agrippa. After this, uh, I prayed in my heart that at the right psychological moment, uh, God would anoint my soul with the Holy Spirit. My difficulty was that while reciting these scriptures, I could not keep the Spirit from coming upon me. I prayed in my heart, Lord God, if you will only let the Spirit come like lightnings of God upon my soul for just two seconds, I know something is going to happen these men have never seen before. Suddenly the Spirit of God struck me in a burst of praise and of tongues, and the indicator on the instrument began to bound to its limits, and I have not the least idea how much further it would have gone if possible. They hooked him up to measure his brainwaves. You know, thank God it wasn't flatlined, but once he began to speak in tongues, man, the needle began, and, and boom, and it jumped right off of the graph. Amen. And the professors running the experiment said, sir, we have never seen anything like it. I replied, gentlemen, it is the Holy Ghost. 
and a second experiment, a powerful x-ray machine with microscope attachments was connected to my head. The purpose was to see if possible what the action of my brain cells were. <clears throat> I proceeded just as in the former experiment first. I repeated scriptures as I began to recite these. The fires of God began to burn within my heart. Suddenly the Spirit of God <clears throat> came upon me as before, and each man looked through the instrument as I held the Spirit. Finally, when I let go and the Spirit subsided, the professors, they said, why, man, we cannot understand this, but the cortex cells of your brain expanded a Amazingly, to almost three times their normal size. God, couldn't we get some of that? Would you like that, kids, before an algebra test? Hey, man, all you guys smoking dope and burning out your brain cells over all these years, wouldn't you like to get some of those back? They said, you are a phenomenon. You have a wider mental range than any human we have ever seen. I said, gentlemen, I want you to do one final thing. Go down to your hospital. Bring back a man who has a dead leg. Take your instruments and attach it to his leg. Leave both. Uh, leave enough space for me to get my hand on his leg. You can attach it to both sides. When the instrument was ready, I put my hand on the man's shin and I prayed. No strange prayer, but a cry from my heart to God. I said, God, kill this devilish disease by your power. Let the spirit move in him. Let the spirit live within him. I asked gentlemen what is taking place they replied every cell is responding amen that flatlined indicator began to bounce it jumped right off that man stood up amen on his lame leg and he walked home carrying his crutches healed by the power of God he writes this he says oh beloved listen when you pray something is happening inside of you it is not a myth it is the action of God the almighty God by his spirit comes into your soul takes possession of your brain and manifests himself in the cortex cells of your brain whether you wish and will either consciously or unconsciously the fire of God the power of God that life of God that nature of God is transmitted from the cortex cells of your brain and throbs down to your nerves down to your person into every cell of your being, into every cell of your brain, your blood, your flesh, your bone, into every square inch of your skin until you are literally alive with God. And that, he says, is divine healing. You got a sickness that won't go away? Man, get the Holy Ghost in your cells. You got mental problems? Damage to your brain, get the Holy Ghost in your brain cells. That will balance your chemicals. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit in every cell of your brain, your blood, your flesh, your bone, in every square inch, then there will be no room for sickness. There will be no room for doubt. There will be no space for fear. No space for I can't. No space for it's too hard. No room for bitterness at your mother, anger at your father, pity party over the challenges you face. When you are filled with the Spirit of God like that, the entire atmosphere of your life will completely change. So how do I get that? How do, you, how do I get that kind of touch? You want to know how to get that kind of touch? Do you want to know? Anybody want to know? You want to, you want to know? All right, we'll come back tomorrow. No, I'll tell you then. 
Now I'll tell you now. The advantage of you being filled with the Holy Ghost is you now have access to all of these real and effective areas of power to aid you in your Christian journey. Don't try and live for God without that. The way you get it is you have to make room. God can't fill you up if you're already filled with other things. If you're filled with the love of the world, how is God going to fill you with his spirit? If you're filled with your self-pity, filled with fear, filled with pride and ego, rebellion, then the Holy Spirit can't come in unless you empty yourself out. What do you think we're going to do at this altar tonight? We're going to do just like we did last night. Come down and pray in tongues. You've got to speak in tongues to be filled with tongues. and You've got to speak in the Spirit to be filled with the Spirit. And when we're down here lifting our hands, praising God, you need to be emptying yourself of yourself. Laying down your pride, laying down your fear that causes you not to want to witness. Lay down that fear of rejection that you're afraid to knock on that first door. Lay down the laziness or the distraction or the love of money and career and whatever rewards you're looking for that causes you not to contend for empowered ministry, not to contend for, uh, for sin. You need to lay down your sin so that you can be free from those habits. Have those things broken with a touch and electric shock of the Holy Ghost. You can do that tonight, and we can leave this place tonight absolutely transformed by something that you do with your God. Ask him to fill you again. Amen. Let's bow our heads then tonight.